Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we have arguably one of the most interesting profiles, projections, predictions, baseball that there is. It's the Cardinals and the Brewers. Now, these teams have been balancing back and forth besides 2020 since 2019 for the top of the NL Central. And some may look at the Brewers as a underdog or not as good, but they are right there with the Cardinals. And we're going to see if that is true today as we break down both teams. How are you doing today, boys? Doing good. I'm excited to talk about these two teams because at the end of the day, I really predict one of these teams will not make the playoffs and the other one will obviously make the playoffs. This will be the battle of the NL Central. That's uh, definitely true. I think I think uh, the the Cardinals, I think the Cardinals are honestly in a league of their own when it comes to the NL Central. I think, but I also think the Brewers are definitely going to give them a run for their money. I don't think they're going to roll over and die. Interesting. So last year, the reason, I guess the reason the Brewers left a bad taste in their mouth, even though they went 86 and 76, they held the NL Central for three of the six months of the season. And then they traded Josh Hader away at the trade deadline. Uh, Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff missed most of the season. And ultimately, things just kind of fell apart towards the end. And they 86 and 76 is still good, but where the standards we set for them, it just wasn't enough. Yeah, and I feel like this team kind of did crumble at the end. And I, I'm not sure about some of these offseason moves that we're going to talk about. Um, it's kind of like they did fumble a bit of a bag here, and they did have a, a postseason team. And I don't know if they're still considered one for me. Um, you want to get into our offseason moves? I mean, their offseason moves? Uh, yeah, I can I can pick that up. So they lost names like Andrew McCutcheon, Omar Narvaez, Taylor Rogers, uh, Jace Peterson. They sent Hunter Renfo to the Angels, Colton Wong, and Cash to Seattle, and Asher Ruiz to Oakland uh, in that three-team uh, Sean Murphy deal. Um, for Hunter Renfro, they got Jansen Junk, Elvis Peguro, and Adam uh, Seminaris. And the Colton Wong deal, they got Jesse Winker and Abraham Toro. And in the Esri Ruiz trade, they got William Contreras and Joel Payamps. Um, outside of that, they got uh, Owen Miller, uh, Bryce Wilson, Wade Miley, Brian Anderson, and they just signed Luke Voigt to a minor league deal. Um, so they did lose a lot. But I, I mean, I like what they got back in most of the trades, and I think the signings that they did make are are beneficial to them. What do you guys think? I, I, I dislike this offseason. I don't. I, I Brad, what do you think? I don't. I, I like hate it. it. The only thing I really do I dislike is the Renfro I, trade. That's the only one I genuinely dislike. Everything else is like kind of a win in my eyes, at least. Toro's a, still like he's exiting the prospect phase, but still has the opportunity to mature. Jesse Winker, rebound. He's going to be in the NL Central. He hits great against the NL Central. And then, obviously, they got William Contreras yeah. for absolutely nothing. And that that was the, the thing I was going to highlight. That is the one win for the offseason for them. I They lost so many bullpen pieces. They lost uh, Boxberger. They lost Hader. They lost uh, Rodgers. This was considered the best bullpen in baseball, like one of the best built bullpens ever, and the best pitching staff in general. And now the remainder of that is just Devin Williams. There's not much left. There's not really big names in that bullpen anymore. And a team that was so heavily reliant on pitching last season now kind of has to shift away from that. Um, and I think they did make up with that for some uh, some good bats in the lineup. But, like, I just don't think it's enough for them. And, and they're just I, – I don't know. 
Um, there's a couple of players I think might break out offensively, but they are just not the pitching dominant team that I that I once saw. I think you guys I mean, kind of forget that the Brewers are actually kind of a semi-decent hitting team, or at least were last year. Um, last year, they were 10th in the league in OPS. So, they, yeah, that's not a that, 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 was, that was led by the, the, yeah. I mean, I don't I hate, I don't hate the offseason. I, was it the best offseason we've talked about so far? No. Is it the worst? No. I think it's, it's. They've added pieces. They lost pieces. They made some good trades. They made some bad trades, but they went out and I think they did what they needed to do. I do think they need a little more bullpen help. Hopefully they will get that um, throughout the season. Um, if they really want to try and make a run for the postseason, which I think they do. I mean, the thing they, is... they have a potential reliever of the year. They have, they have Devin Williams. He could be the reliever of the year. It's just you, there's not there's not no such thing as a one man show in a bullpen. It's it's hard to you know to run the league with one guy running it. I it, there you're gonna need more pieces. And honestly, if you had retained any of these guys in Josh Hader, um, you know, um, Taylor Rogers and Boxberg, any one of these guys, you would have so much. You would have a considerably better team. I think that. The thing with the brewer, some teams, especially like the Brewers, the ones that are trying to manage a budget, right? You have to win some to lose some, or lose some to win yeah. some. Sorry, I said that backwards. But I think their only real loss was Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think Taylor Rogers is a big loss, especially in a week bullpen like we've been talking about i think i think that's a big loss hunter renfro is a big loss outside of that mccutcheon's aging not really anything big omar Narvaez, definitely not anything big colton wong maybe a loss but i i mean that's just depending on how you're looking at it um and then you gave up as for a much needed upgrade at catcher yeah i i think colton wong is i think colton wong's pretty valuable um Obviously, a bit of a down season last year offensively, but the defense is actually defense was not there last year. The outs above average were severely below average. But Colton Wong over over his whole career is known to be a good fielder, and I, I, I don't know. I think he's going to strive well in in Seattle. Yeah, I just you just hope it doesn't come back and bite you in the butt um, later on. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that one, but obviously, like Brad mentioned, I think Hunter Renfro is the biggest loss for them. Um, but they do have a young guy coming up in. Um, uh, sorry, Garrett Mitchell, who I think will provide some pop. There's a couple other guys that will be bouncing back. You obviously have the home run threats in Rowdy Telez and Willie Adamez in that lineup. And now William Contreras. There's a lot of power threats in this lineup now. So I feel like you're not necessarily losing out too much on the loss of a bat. I'm more worried about the pitching side of things for the Brewers. Well, getting into that pitching, it's still one of the best rotations in all of baseball. Like, yeah, you've got Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta, but you got Eric freaking Lauer. Like ace yep. of the future, right there. Uh, you got Wade Miley, who's no. a solid option. Like Wade Miley is a solid option. And then the Brewers had been going with a six-man rotation sometimes. Uh, I don't know if you can do that this year, but if they do, they've got the options of Aaron Ashby or Adrian Hauser. Uh, Adrian Hauser, I believe, randomly a couple years ago had the most valuable pitch in baseball. Uh, his sinker, which is just a really random, just like dude to have the best pitch, but. 
Yeah. I mean, Aaron Ashby is a very talented pitcher. He was injury plagued last year. He's got the bowling ball slider. So, you know, maybe he gets an opportunity to run to get in starting rotation. I, the only reason I know uh, Hauser is because I, he iconically just throws up randomly when he gets uh, shaken up. I don't know if you guys have seen the clips, but yeah. he just throws up randomly. Um, <laughs> if you want to put a clip in there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I do like this 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 starting rotation. I think my concerns come in the bullpen. Uh, Brad, you want to highlight the bullpen? Well, you got Devin Williams. Obviously, we know 2020 Rookie of the Year. Matt Bush had a really good breakout for himself last year peter strizlitz wow strizelicki which is really freaking difficult to pronounce uh hobby miller milner is a good name hobby Guerra, stevs loves him they got bryce wilson from the pirates who also the braves traded to the pirates for richard rodriguez who's no longer in baseball you got joel piamps which is in that sean murphy ordeal and you got adrian hauser or aaron ashby whichever one's not in the starting rotation or they'll both be there the Single inning relievers aren't good. The long relief is good. I think the Brewers could be a team that would like really like long long relief and Adrian Houser and Aaron Ashby. Obviously, you've got Matt Bush and Devin Williams, but the the middle relief pitchers need a little bit of a little bit of oomph. Yeah, I think I think maybe going away from that six man rotation and having a guy for long relief, or maybe just doing both at the same time. I'm not sure how taxing that is on the arms, but you know, having one of Adrian Hauser or Aaron Ashby be that guy that pitches long innings. You don't see that that often from relief pitchers anymore, but um, if you can have a guy that eats up two or three innings at the end of a game to get to Matt Bush or Devin Williams, that's very valuable. Uh, uh, Brad did mention Javier. Javier is he was a, he's a he's a Washington Nationals pitcher. Um, was I think it was in our 2019 run. Every time he came into the game, he without he so fail bad. would give up a run. It was he was so bad. He was, but hey, he's still on the Brewers. Um, I would expect him to every time he comes into the game give up about a run. So that's not a good piece you want in your bullpen. Um. For for me again, we talked about it. The starting rotation is is incredible. I mean, Corbin Burns, no matter what kind of uh, turmoil is going on between him and the Brewers organization, uh, he's gonna go out and he's gonna pitch his heart out every single game because that's the type of player he is. Brandon Woodruff goes out, does his thing. Freddie Peralta does his thing. Eric Lauer, potential Cy Young candidate in Brad's eyes, and then you got Wade Miley, Aaron Ashby, and Adrian Hauser who all, can all kind of do their thing. Um, I think. They will benefit from going for a five-man rotation uh, and having both Aaron Ashby and Adrian Hauser in the bullpen to have both of them play long relief. Um, and then, of course, you got Devin Williams, Matt Bush, that are two players that are, are going to go out and do their thing. Yeah, I, I think my my concern, and Brad, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Freddie Peralta, Eric Lauer, and I think even Wade Miley, they don't go very deep into games, at least anymore. Um, last season, Freddie Peralta would be like this – like kind of opener type of guy instead of like an actual starter that would go deep into the games. Do you think that's going to change this season? I think last year he was dealing with injuries a lot and he just had no control last year. Obviously we saw in 2021 that he kind of showed signs of a breakout. He got that 99 all-star car and then will be the show. Um, and he showed signs of a breakout then, but he just really couldn't stay healthy last year. And when he came back, he would be out of the zone pretty consistently and he'd be at 90 pitches by the end of the fourth inning. Yeah. So you think you think that bullpen might have to step up or you think it's going to be the starting rotation going deeper into games? 
I think the issue is Brandon Woodruff, I think he threw 153 innings last year. Wade Miley and Freddie Peralta were not healthy last year. Eric Lauer, like beginning of the season last year is like when he started to break out, but he kind of slowed slowed down a little bit down the stretch. Uh, it's just looking to see. I think they'll be able to go deep names. We know Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff can. Uh, Ashby or Hauser need to be built up a little bit more, but I think they could also piggyback one another. And Eric Lauer, he had 29 starts last year and he threw 158 innings. So he's averaging five innings per start, which isn't horrible nowadays, but I think there could be a bit more depth there. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely going to be something they're looking for. I'm not sure if they're going to be, uh, you know, a buying team at the deadline, but if they are, if they are going to be active at the deadline, that is definitely something they should address. Uh, and it looks like Eric Lauer's with that, game logs, they were hurt a little bit by like a couple short starts here and there. He had two, two and a third innings in September. And really other than that, it's pretty consistently five or six innings. Yeah. So that was going to bring us in the lineup. Yeah, let's take over the lineup. So leading off, they got Christian Yelich has had a couple rocky seasons since 2019. Hopefully this is kind of his last chance to return into some semblance of that form. Willie Adam is out in shortstop. Rowdy Talese at first. William Couture is behind the dish. Jesse Winker at DH. Uh, Luis Urias uh, at third base. Garrett Mitchell at center field. Brian Anderson in right field. And then Bryce Terang at second base. Their bench uh, consists of Victor Caratini, uh, Mike Brousseau, Keston Hura, and Tyler Naquin. I, 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 think, I think Christian Yelich is, has become so underrated at this point. He still has an elite walk tool, and he still can hit. Like it, it's not like it's not like he's become this horrible batter that if he doesn't have this bounce back year he's gonna be out of the league. He he's still got the stuff. He still has a very high average exit velocity, high uh, expected woba, and the the best thing is his plate vision. It's still very good, and he's still pretty fast. He's got the potential to break out again. It's not like he's going to be the MVP he once was, but saying that that saying that this is like his last chance to prove it. This is probably his last chance to prove that he's that MVP caliber player. I think. He, it's not his last chance to, you know, prove that he deserves a spot on the roster because he most definitely does deserve a spot on that. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I was trying to say. I was trying to say he he it's kind of his last chance to get back into that type of form. Do I think he'll do it? No, but do I think he's still in that conversation for being like a top ten center fielder? That's where we kind of stand uh differently at. And I think he has that ability and I think he will. I think Underrated. Yeah. This lineup might be one of the most underrated in baseball. It's pretty well rounded. Like you need Rowdy Teles to repeat agree with that top to bottom. Like you need Adamus Teles, Contreras, Winker, and two through five is pretty good. Like it's not the best in the league. It's not like there's the there's a couple of bats like in a big situation you're kind of afraid of. And Luis Arias respectable. Oh, yeah. And it's just seven, eight, nine. Like they're they're going to be prove it bats. Brian Anderson needs to return and prove it. Terang and Mitchell, they're both rookies. They need to show it's true that they're actual M or MLB talent. And if they can do that, it's a well-rounded lineup, which I can see being a legitimate threat. I no, I'm sold on Garrett Mitchell. I I mean, he came up last year, was hitting for average, had no PS over 800. And this season in spring training, only 14 at bat sample size, keep in mind, but he's got a 12-14 OPS with a 357 batting average, two home runs. He's been pretty electric in the in the preseason already. Um, not not really like a difference maker because you can't really have difference makers in the preseason. But you're you're seeing that he's going to be 
some sort of offensive monster out there. He looks to have the tools of a five-tool player. He's lacking on the power side of things, but he could be a difference maker in this lineup, especially on the offensive side that they've been looking for for so long. And it's not just that. It's the fact that they have difference makers that are right-handers and left-handers. You know, there's not guys that you can just avoid. You got power hitters like uh, Yelich, Telez, Winker, and now, you know, adding in Mitchell. And then you got the right-handed hitters and Adamez, Contreras. You know, there are there are very versatile bats across this entire lineup. And I agree with you, Brad. I think this is an underrated lineup. Uh, talking about those prospects, Garrett Mitchell, and he only had, he had a 28 game sample size last year. Uh, he had 136 WRC plus, which is pretty good for it's a small sample, but in that he was in the 99th percentile for sprint speed and the 96 for arm strength, putting him at an entire out of average. Um, and that can be six outs above average on at over 162 games, maybe better. Uh, he did strike out 41% of the time which really, really hurt his expected Wobo, which is actually more than 100 points lower than his actual. But he did have an average exit velocity of 92.9 miles per hour, which is pretty promising. Uh, we talked about this a while back, about how rookie exit velocity is a good telltale sign of whether they'll succeed or not. And then they got Bryce Terang. He's a second baseman, and he literally fits the second baseman profile. He is a plate control slap hitter with good defense. That is his exact profile. So if he has that good defense, then the Colton Wong train might be justified, in all honesty. Because that's what Colton Wong is. He's an average bat with really good defense. Yeah, I think that's the what that's kind of contingent upon. If if terrain can perform at a high enough level, or at least at two maybe not a Colton Wong level this year, but at some point to a Colton Wong or better level. Um, then that trade will definitely be justified. But if that doesn't happen, then I think it was it was probably I'm not gonna say the wrong move, but maybe not the best idea at this point in time. But it does clear space and give Terang a, a chance to prove that he is that type of guy. Yeah, and just just covering that um that, that bench. Uh, do you think the Keston Hero age is over? Do you think his his uh his run is over of you know being a good hitter? I mean. He has not looked like himself since 2020, and since he wasn't horrible he last year. Minors a couple times. It wasn't horrible last year. Yeah, I mean that was the best season we saw from him. Yeah, that was the best season we saw from him since uh, 2019, I believe. Yeah. No, last year he was he um, was also respectable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, as far as being the Brewers' everyday second baseman, I would say that that train has sailed. Um, I would say he's probably going to be a good rotational piece, bench piece, and probably fill in at – he'll probably fill in in the outfield when he does get starts. Yeah, I I think he's a fine bench bat to have. Every team needs a casting hero. Yeah, yeah, I think exactly. I think there's there's a there's a decent amount of bench, uh, of depth on this team. Uh, not a crazy amount, but there is some value on this bench as well. Um, are you guys ready to get into your predictions? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'll kick it off. Um, Adam going 85 and 77. Uh, MVP and Cy Young, I both have as Corbin Burns. Um, breakout player, William Contreras. Um, he, I mean, I think out of everyone on this team, I think he definitely has the best chance of breaking out. He kind of gets to solidify his spot as that everyday catcher, or and he really doesn't have that much competition. Um, I think he will definitely break out uh, in some capacity. And then most important, I have Christian Yelich. I I want him to 
not necessarily come back to that uh 2019 form but to some semblance of that 29 like somewhere in between like where he is right now and 2019 i'm right i'm right around there with you with the same record actually not same record 84 and 78 one game off okay. uh team mvp i had willie adamez he's been progressively getting better every season i think he's a pretty safe bet um most important player steps right there with you christian yelich obviously an important season big uh big turning point for him in his career um he needs to be the thump bat that he once was because when he was a thump bat he was the only thump bat you know and now you're in a lineup full of good bats having that christian yelich form back would be such a difference maker um and then for the cy young i have the actual cy young winner uh corbin burns and then the breakout player i have garrett mitchell i feel like that's a easy one to go with because he has been showing his hit tool his entire time on the majors so this record is a oh, bit no. reflective of who I have winning, either finishing first or second in Cy Young voting. Uh, for the for my reference, the MVP and Cy Young is Corbin Burns. Um, my record is eighty eight and seventy four, and it's relatively foreseeable. The Cardinals, I I I could see the Cardinals taking a big hit, especially since they don't have much starting pitching which is where the Brewers kind of excel. The Brewers lineup's actually like pretty solid. I kind of believe in those rookies. There's a bit of skepticism about Terang's bat, but the defense is clearly there. For their most important, I put William Contreras because if they don't have him, there's a hole in their lineup right there. And it kind of just makes, it's not really that the trade is bad. It's just, you kind of don't have a catcher now. And he's not the best defensive catcher, at least right now. He could get better. And then for their breakout, it's not much of a breakout, but more of a rebound. I put Jesse Winker. I think he's going to succeed pretty well. I don't think he's going to be Cincinnati Great American Ballpark Jesse Winker, but I think he'll be a pretty effective contributor to the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, I definitely like all those picks. I like all the Tom's picks, too. I don't really think there's a way you can go wrong. Um, as far as ceiling goes, I would say it's probably around Tom – or pro- not Tom – around Brad, um, like 88 to 90-ish wins would be their ceiling. Um, as far as their floor goes, I'm like, I'm assuming that like Contreras gets hurt, uh, Mitchell and Terang are not good. Brian Anderson doesn't have a decent bounce back. Christian Yelich can't do anything. Willie Adamas is trash. Then like, I'm saying like 80 wins. Yeah, I mean... I would say this is a fairly volatile team just because there's a lot of players that we speculate might have these breakout seasons, you know, like, uh, you know, Yelich having a bounce back, uh, Justin Winker having a bounce, a bounce back. And, you know, a couple of these guys having breakout seasons, I feel like there's a lot of reliance on some certain, some certain players. And when you have a lot of reliance on certain players, you know, that means you have a high volatility rating. And I honestly think if everything goes right, they could be easily the NL central champs. Um, and they could easily break that like 92 win win uh, threshold, but um, I don't expect that to happen. Obviously, um, <laughs> so I think they're gonna fall around that 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 85 to 84 What's win your area. Floor? I'd say the floor is right about 80. I think if everything goes bad, they they might sell because they've been selling a lot. They they got rid of every. I, they got rid of Josh Hayes. They got rid of. If they're not good, they're definitely selling Corbin Burns. That's what I'm saying. And you, you guys both had Corbin Burns as your MVP and Cy Young. What happens when your MVP and Cy Young go away? Your your team he gets goes a little to bit the worse. Cardinals. 
yeah, the team's just it's it's going to be bad if if nothing works out if they do sell, which by the way they shouldn't have sold last year. That was a horrible idea. Um, I don't think they were selling. I think they were trying to more retool. You don't trade the best I think, because I think Hair they wanted. Caught. I think Hair they wanted cost. to give Devin. Okay, yeah. I think they were trying to give Devin Williams more responsibilities. Yeah. So I'm gonna count with you, the floor of volatility. Uh, volatility high, and this is a situation where they're like ten games out at the trade deadline, right? Like they're well below five hundred, and they just sell. I could see them going about seventy-five wins because I don't think it's just Burns that goes. I think it's Willie Adamas that goes because I think there's a certain team otherwise known as the Los Angeles Dodgers who would pay a good price for Willie Adamas. Question. If they sell, do you think anyone takes a chance on Yelich? Yes. No, because remember, he's locked in for nine years, the nine-year contract. Oh, yeah, he's got a very – no, I, I think I don't think this is gonna look like a Nats or Cubs uh selling like fire sale. This is gonna be more of like a, a quick retool because you got you got a lot of young guys coming up and you honestly in, in Milwaukee have built a pretty nice core of, of players. I mean, we just looked at that lineup that they assembled. It's pretty nice. I think when it comes to selling uh at the deadline, it's gonna be mostly pitchers and maybe the, the players that are about to hit free agency like Willie Adamas. So I think I, I don't think they're gonna do a full sell and just become awful like the A's or the Nats or the Cubs uh, when they did sell the teams. I, I think they'll just be doing a little bit of a retool, couple couple guys going off the board. They, I don't think their floor is that they low. So that's what you don't do. have any really really good pitching prospects. Like I'm looking at their top. Uh, they're their a team that doesn't need their prospects. best pitching prospect is. They can they can develop that's very fair. well, but their best one is. Jacob Missio Roski and his ETA is 2025. And, and also Six, you can always seven. you can always trade Corbin Burns for pitching prospects. That's right, for pitching you know, like, that, I so, guess that's a fair so point. You can, just, you can just pretty much just restart the cycle all over again and then develop because it's the Brewers. They're going to develop pitching. I, I think this team has a good formula for success. I just think the way that they randomly sell because they're pretty cheap. And it's not their fault that they're cheap, but that 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 is kind of destructive for them. All right, are we ready to head over ready to, to move St. On to the Louis? Cardinals? Yes, sir. So the St. Oh, Louis yeah. Cardinals, um, they're one of the more interesting teams in baseball. Last year, they they finally like they they recovered. They recovered from a really bad first half of the season, and by their standards, St. Louis Cardinals haven't had a below five hundred season since the early two thousand, which is like a testament to their capabilities. They won the NL Central. They lost in the first round. Goldschmidt won the MVP award. Aaron Otto was in third. Tommy Edmund had a breakout, and they traded Harrison Bader for Jordan Montgomery. That was their season, and it was rather interesting. Uh, it definitely was. Um, if, we re- if we recall back, Stiv's had them winning the World Series. It was not due to any... It was it was mainly due to I, I had a feeling that the Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina magic was just gonna push them through. Uh that did not happen. Um but speaking of those retiring, those were two of their offseason losses. Uh they also lost Corey Dickerson. He went to Washington, Jose Quintana went to the Mets, and Alex Reyes, he heads over to Los Angeles, the Dodgers. 
Uh, they got in. They re-signed Adam Wainwright, signed Wilson Contreras. That was their big move. They five years, $87.5 million deal, and signed Anthony, Anthony Misowetsky. I cannot pronounce that. Uh, from Kansas City for cast consideration. So really, they didn't. They made one major move, re-signed Adam Wainwright uh, for another year, and then got an extra guy. Uh, what do you guys think of their offseason? They didn't do what they had to do. They didn't. They just didn't do what they had to do. I was like at the beginning of the offseason, I'm like, this is an offensive powerhouse and a defensive powerhouse. This team is incredible. They don't have enough starting pitching. They need to go out and get one guy. They didn't get a single guy. I mean, like, I, I that you could have got Carlos Rodon, Jacob deGrom, Yavaldi, Bassett, Anderson. I mean, there are so many pitchers in this, this offseason class. And they just got Jordan Montgomery. And it was just – it's so disappointing. And then you re-sign Adam Wainwright. It's just such a disappointing offseason for a team that had so much potential. Like – this could be like a dynasty team if they just decided to go out and get one pitcher. Even the bullpen is stacked. It's just the starting rotation, and they just did not improve there. And there's just a lot of there's a lot of reason for concern about this bullpen. I mean, this this rotation. They're old, and they're injury prone. It, it's 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 so simple to see that they just had to go out and get one guy, and they just didn't do it. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the offseason. I'm not a Cardinals fan, so can, I mean, I guess as, I'm happy. I think we can tell. You are I'm just, I'm, just, about I'm just frustrated because the it, like there's a lot of these these retooling things about the offseason where a GM has to think like super hard on what makes the team good. You had to go get one pitcher. That that was the offseason for them. I mean, they they made the offense a little bit better, but they really needed to address the pitching situation. They just did not. What are your thoughts? I think my rant's over. I think that the most underrated move that hurt them this season was Albert Pujols retiring. Because for so many seasons, they needed that third bat in the lineup, and Pujols was that last year, and it had a huge impact, at least in the second half, when they were a lot better. And they lost that. Hopefully, William Contreras or Wilson Contreras, excuse me, can fill the shoes of what Pujols was. I don't think to the, like the same. Uh, I guess it. What's the, what's the term I'm looking for for the dramatics? He's not. He's not going to fulfill the shoes of the dramatics that Albert Pujols has, but they need someone to step up and fill the shoes of what Albert Pujols was last year. And there are people who could do that. I'm not saying there's not. I'm saying they need someone to do that. Um, They didn't really lose much, but they didn't bring anything in besides Wilson Contreras, which is a good move, but it's not enough. I completely agree, Steps. I definitely think Wilson Contreras is a bet. It's a step up. He kind of like he'll give you. I'm not gonna say like Albert Pujols bat, but like what Albert Pujols was last year, he'll give you kind of similar to probably better production than that. And then a catcher to replace Yadi or Molina, the heir apparent Yadi. Um, I I think I think Wilson Contreras will fill the shoes pretty well. Um, but yeah, they're kind of just running back the same team. In all honesty, as they are as they had last year. Um, obviously Wilson Contreras is a, a a difference maker, but pitching wise, they got Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, uh, Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, and Steven Matz. That's their starting five. It's not a terrible starting five by names, um, but they definitely needed to add a Carlos Rodon, Chris Bassett, somewhere in that range player. I'm just worried for their health. I mean, one of them goes down. Who is coming in for that? I mean, Dakota Hudson probably would be their next guy to come in as for a starting pitcher six. I mean, there's not much depth to the starting pitching position. 
There's, and I can almost uh, guarantee Jack Flaherty or Steve. There's Matthew Libertor. Yeah. Yeah. That would be one to give some something a chance, but I, I see it as physically impossible that Flaherty or Matt's doesn't get hurt during the season. It, it's it's highly likely at this point. Um, And also, Wainwright's like 55 years old, so, I mean, I don't know how much that's going to hold up. He's been very effective. He's been doing the Justin Verlander, you know, aging like fine wine, but I don't know how long that, that lasts. I feel like Michaelis and Wainwright's innings is actually – it's what saved that team last year. They both had 200 innings. Um, and it, yeah. it saved the team last year. And it's Michaelis, Wainwright, Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, and Steven Matz. Um, Adam Wainwright is 40. Jordan Montgomery was injured last year. Miles Michaelis, uh, two years ago, was injured the whole season. And Flaherty and Matz barely pitched last year. There's a lot, lot of reason for concern. There should be. There really should. Um, I mean, could this be a potential, uh, you know, Corbin Burns destination? Uh, do you think that's possible for a I team that would be buying at the deadline? I don't think that. I don't think the Brewers are going to trade within their division unless they get a really good deal, like a Jordan Walker. Yeah, dude, Jordan like Walker, a, like a. A we should Tink talk Hench, about that. Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn. We should talk about the fact that Jordan like Walker one should of, make that opening One of their top three. Oh, he definitely should, but we'll get to that in, in a little bit. I um, mean, he's um, so good. But, yeah. They, 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 they're going to be aggressive. They're going to be them. aggressive this season. They're going to be aggressive playing baseball, and they should be aggressive at the deadline. I don't think they'll disappoint like they did in the offseason. I think they're going to be pretty aggressive trading-wise this season. <laughs> You underestimate the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, let's get into their bullpen. They got Ryan Helsley, Giovanni Gallegos, uh, Andre Palenti, Jordan Hicks, Genesis Cabrera, Chris Stratton, Dakota Hudson, and Drew Verhagen. A uh, couple names in there. Um, it's not. I don't. It's, I don't think it's the worst bullpen we've covered. Uh, it's probably not the best bullpen we've covered. I. They got some names. They got some pieces. Tom. I got one concern. Look at that. What is it? There's one lefty in that entire bullpen, and it's Genesis Cabrera. There is one lefty in that entire bullpen. I mean, I don't know how how useful that is, but, like, one lefty. There's not even a guy you can throw in for that one inning that you got to pitch to lefties. Like, it's all right-handers. And, I mean, they're all, they all follow a very similar prototype in that they're all flamethrowers, too. Like, and it's very effective for them. It works. But no lefties? I, one lefty, obviously, but like it's just so overrun by right-handed flamethrowers. It seems very predictable, you know, who's coming in the game. There's not much deception going on. I mean, if they do bring up uh, Libertor, he's a lefty, so if they, I mean, he'll probably he's a starter, but they could shove him the bullpen for a while. I don't know, Brad. Um, I, I mean, he did not perform well in 2022 when he was up on the major league roster, and. I don't think he's a bullpen arm. I think there are certain guys that kind of just profile better as starters. And he feels like one of those guys. I feel like craftsman lefties are a bit more of a starter than they are a reliever, unless you've got like one specific really good ability, um, which I don't think he does right now. Yeah. And do you think that will bite them in the butt? The fact that they only have one lefty in that bullpen? No. I feel like they can play to both sides pretty easily. It, it's, yeah, it's the Cardinals. 
That'd be all right. Oh. Ben, do you want to walk us through that the lineup? Yeah, I got pretty stacked. It. Uh, so they got Tommy Emmon leading off at shortstop, Tyler O'Neill out in center, MVP Paul Goldschmidt at first base, uh, Nolan Arenado over at third base, Wilson Contreras find the dish, uh, Dylan Carlson in right field, Lars Newt Bar uh, in left field, Juan Yepes at DH, and Brendan Donovan at second, and then off their bench they got Andrew Andrew Gniz- Gisner. Gisner. Yep. Uh, Paul DeYoung, uh, Nolan Gorman, and Alec Burleson. I feel like you have to put Jordan Walker in this somewhere on the bench. There, there are guys that are that are less deserving I mean, than Jordan Walker on the bench, at least. I mean, even like even Juan Yepes at DH, you could put Jordan Walker there. There has to be a spot in this lineup where you throw him in. I he is he's been showing out in spring training. I really wanted the Nats to trade Soto because I wanted Jordan Walker, but. I mean, you can't get everything you wish for, right? Um, I, 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 I'm very high on Jordan Walker. I think he is a very good ball player. Um, and I think he's going to be very, very good. I'm, I think the Cardinals are thanking God they did not trade uh, for Juan Soto last year. Agreed. Um, I think, okay, DFA, Paul DeYoung. Let's just get it done with. It's been long enough. Throw Jordan Walker in the mix. We've talked about him enough. Jordan Walker, he his literal description is he will hit 35 home runs a year and strike out a lot. Cool. Uh, Sarah Langs tweeted out that Jordan Walker would be the first 20-year-old Cardinal to appear since 1981. I feel like that's that'd be cool. Uh, he puts up he's 20 years old and he puts up top 1% exit velocities in baseball. Uh, he had an exit velocity of 115 miles an hour last year, which is pretty good. Uh and he struggles a bit with off-speed and swings and misses. But then again, he's 20, so he has, you know, 20 years to develop a ability to see off-speed pitches. I, the ceiling isn't there for him because there is no ceiling. He could become an MVP star. And the Cardinals need that. They need someone when Arenado and Goldschmidt, or at least Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt's a little bit older than Arenado. When he starts to fizzle out a, bit, out a little bit, Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker makes up for their god-awful starting pitching. Yeah. I mean, it's just there's there's so much offensive depth and no pitching depth. They're they're I just I'm doubling down. This is awful offseason. You just had to go get pitching. You didn't do it. Um, but Jordan Walker definitely should make that starting lineup. And Brad, you're definitely right about dropping Paul DeYoung. He is Paul DeJong. Um he is just not not good. He I think 2019 he was good, but since then he has just not been the same. Yeah, uh, I like to see no one Gorman. One more. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I just I I like I think top to bottom this is it's a really really good lineup. Like we talk about putting Jordan Walker in, but like in all honesty, in the field, I think the only person he could really replace is Juan Yepes because he's a third base outfielder. So. You have him DH. How's his glove? It's aggressively average. Um, I'm going to say if Tyler O'Neill repeats repeats his stinker of a year from last year, I think he might be the first, first to head out. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm pretty high on him. I feel like all I don't the signs think he will. All the signs are pointing towards like a um like an unlucky season, all of his expected stats, you know, exceeding all of his regular, he still has the high exit velocity, high expected woe, but he's going to be good. And I feel like that's another guy 
that can help replace these shoes uh, lost by uh, our Pujols, obviously fill like in an offensive gap. Um, there's just so many, there's so many pieces in this lineup. There's not many pitchers. I mean, there's not many batters in this lineup that you can uh, pitch to, you know, you're not going to, if you pitched around everyone in this lineup, you just walk everyone. I mean, there's no one really you, you don't want to pitch to. There that you want to pitch to. I can see Dylan um, Carlson. I think it's time first, to get into actually Dylan Carlson. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think they'll. I don't know. I really like Jordan Walker. I would probably put Jordan Walker in over any of the bottom four. Maybe not Lars Newbar because it's just Lars Newbar. But um, I. I I think I think six, eight, or nine. Like obviously, you're not going to put him at second base, but like replacing him as a bat wise, maybe. I agree. All right, getting into those predictions. Um, let's let's do it. Uh, I'll kick it off again. So I have them going ninety two and sixty eight. Um, that's, MVP. That's not, that's not how math that's works. Not, that's what? That's not, that's not how math works. It's ninety two and seventy steps. I'm tripping. My bad. Uh. Uh. Sorry. Um. MVP: Paul Goldschmidt, Cy Young, Ryan Helsley. Uh. Breakout at Large New Bar. Uh. And most important, I have Wilson Contreras because, again, they just went out, signed him five years. Uh. He needs to show. I. I think he needs to. Sh- he needs to be a bat. Uh. Equivalent to Albert Pujols. Uh. Last season, and have a decent glove behind the dish which he really hasn't the last couple seasons yeah i'm I'm right there with you man i i had him at 92 and 70 that's the reason i knew your numbers were off because i had him at 92 and 70 as well um my team mvp is nolan arenado i predict paul goldschmidt to have some sort of regression um for cy young i have ryan helsley as well steps i'm, I'm right here with you man i'm right here um breakout lars Nupar, the peripherals um are just insane with him i think he's going to have a breakout um and then the most important should be Jack Flaherty. I think the reason it's Jack Flaherty is because I think you need at least 150 innings from him. If you can get 150 innings from Jack Flaherty, you are getting the value that you need from him, and you might have a significantly better season. I was the exact same, except my breakout is Jordan Walker, and my record is 90 and 72. I just the starting rotation is a bit concerning. Um. But then again, the sky might the sky. I'd like to get into the ceiling here. The sky is very high for this team. The only thing that is going to hold them back is their starting oh, yeah. rotation. Like this offense, as we mentioned, we're struggling to put in one of the best offensive prospects in all of baseball. Like that, that's something you want in your lineup to be able to struggle to put in a top prospect. I'm going to put their ceiling at like 98 wins. I'd say the red around that 98 100 range. I feel like. Especially considering if they're at that point where they're they're winning their division, they're in that position where they're running the central and they want to go get go out and buy at the deadline. Especially if they go buy a starting pitcher, that that could propel them to an even better record. I feel like that second half of the season would be even stronger than the first, especially if they come into that that all star break hot. Uh, yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with that. Um, floor wise, I don't really I don't think they have a high volatility. Um. I think floor wise, I would say around maybe like eighty five wins. I'd say that's yeah, where just, are you guys just about, I'd say that's just about right. I was I was thinking about okay. that. Yeah, eighty five, eighty six um, wins. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think that's eighty five, eighty six, and then ninety eight, a hundred would be their ceiling. I think that's definitely 
that's definitely where this this Cardinals team falls. I think they're just they're just stacked. And like Brad mentioned, they I mean they got like their top three prospects, Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, and and Tink Hens. I did a lot of research on them last year when Soto was possibly getting traded for a package of some of them. And I like all three of those players a lot. And I think they're going to be very good uh, in the league. Yeah. All right. So that'll do it for the St. Louis Cardinals and Milwaukee Brewers, two of the most interesting teams in baseball. And that's going to be a really fun race that you guys and us will be following this entire season. We'll be back with one more episode this week, the Arizona Diamondbacks and San Francisco Giants. If you want to interact with us at all, all social medias will be in the description below. Thank you all for listening to the 4 Baseball Podcast. We will see you all next time. Peace.